the limping child, common exam question and something we can easily cover in a very short podcast. So here we go. When a child comes with a new limp, it has one of four possible differentials. An irritable hip, septic arthritis, Perthes disease, and SUFI, or slipped upper femoral epiphysis. Let's go through each one and find out how we can identify them in an exam. We'll start with irritable hip. Irritable hip, also known as transient synovitis, As the name suggests, it's a transient inflammation of the synovium within the hip. By far and away, the most common cause of hip pain in a child. Who is the patient? They'll be aged three to eight. They will typically have hip pain for a few days. It's a very acute presentation, one to two days. Many textbooks mention that an irritable hip often follows a recent upper respiratory tract infection, so bear that in mind. The key things to remember are the imaging findings. Imaging findings are as follows. Plain x-ray, first of all. Plain film is often normal. If anything, you may see a slight increase in the joint space medially. So an increase in the medial joint space. Many of them will get an ultrasound, And there are two things you can see on ultrasound. The first, the most common, is a joint effusion. The vast majority of paediatric hip joint effusions, 90% of them, are caused by an irritable hip. So joint effusion is the first thing. The second thing that we see in textbooks is a pseudodiverticulum. This is unusual. Only 1-2% to of patients will have a pseudodiverticulum. And this is just herniation of the synovial membrane, herniating through a defect in the joint capsule. The defect occurs between the iliopsoas muscle and the anterior border of the joint capsule. That's a pseudodiverticulum. So plain film, slightly increased medial joint space, if anything. Ultrasound, joint effusion in the vast majority, and pseudodiverticulum in 1-2%. On MR, you will see a joint effusion. You may see enhancement of the synovium because it's inflamed. 
You may even see a joint effusion in the contralateral hip. The synovium may be thickened. There may well be high signal and enhancement in the soft tissue surrounding the hip. That's all general stuff that you'd expect. So a joint effusion, thickened, enhancing synovium, and a contralateral hip joint effusion. The one thing you won't have is any change in signal in the bone marrow. That's key because a change in the bone marrow signal will occur in septic arthritis. It won't occur in irritable hip. So in irritable hip, no change in bone marrow signal. There's no specific treatment. Send them home, give them some Calpol, it'll settle down. So that's irritable hip, transient synovitis, acute, self-limiting, the child is aged three to eight with an acute two to three day history of limp or painful hip, often follows an upper respiratory tract infection, plain films usually normal, if anything increased medial joint space, ultrasound will give you a joint effusion in very small number of them, you can also get a pseudodiverticulum, MR is as you would expect. Thick synovium, enhancing synovium, joint effusion, and possibly a contralateral joint effusion. You will not see any signal change in the bone marrow. You may well see high signal in the soft tissues around the hip. Self-limiting, give them some Calpol, send them home. That's it for irritable hip. The second differential for a limping child is septic arthritis. I'm not going to go through it specifically in this podcast because there's nothing specific to say about a limping child and septic arthritis. It's just your usual barn door septic arthritis. It will, of course, be covered in our audio notes for MSK. What I do want to talk about are the final two differentials, Perthes disease and Sufi, both of which cause unnecessary confusion. I'm going to try and make it really easy for you to remember. Let's talk Perthes disease and Sufi. We're going to do them together because it helps to differentiate the two disease processes if we discuss them at the same time. Sufi is slipped upper femoral epiphysis, exactly what it says on the tin. The epiphysis of the upper femur slips. Perthes disease is avascular necrosis of the femoral head. I'm going to start this with a story, a story about my cousin, Sophie. For those of you who haven't clocked on, Sophie is Sufi. Now, Sophie 
is slightly older than the rest of our cousins. She's also a little bit overweight. As well as being older than us and a bit chubbier than the rest of us, she's not very bright, didn't do so well at school. FYI, for those of you who now think I'm a horrible person and are going to boycott the podcast, Sophie is completely made up. It's just a memory trick. So if you imagine my cousin Sophie, older than the rest of our cousins, overweight and not very bright. That's the first thing to remember. The second thing to remember is my conversation with an orthopaedic surgeon. I was having a chat with a couple of orthopaedic registrars and they told me something about the treatment of Sufi. The treatment, as you may know, is pinning of the affected hip. Now, because Sufi is bilateral in 25% of cases, sometimes the other hip is pinned prophylactically. Generally, it, they play it by ear when deciding who to prophylactically pin. This is what I was told by the orthopods. They tell the patient that if you have any pain in the other hip, you must come back immediately for surgery. He told me they use something called the you what test. That if they tell the patient that you must come back should you have any pain in the contralateral hip, if the patient doesn't seem to understand and sort of goes, you what, they just pin the other hip they don't want to risk it. This is where my cousin Sophie comes back. Now she's not very bright and in 25% of cases Sophie is bilateral and she's more likely to have the other hip prophylactically pinned. You might think I've been talking nonsense for the past minute but I promise you it will help you remember when I tell you about the demographics of Perthes disease and Sufi, and you won't get them mixed up again. So Perthes disease occurs in younger people, age 2 to age 12. In a third of them, they've had some trauma to that hip before. It can be bilateral, but only in 5 to 10% of patients. So Perthes is younger, 2 to 12, previous trauma in about a third of them, and it's bilateral in only 5-10%. to 10%. Sufi, as in my cousin Sufi, it's older children, 10-14, to 14, often overweight and bilateral in 25% of them. So the kids with Sufi are older, they're overweight and it's more likely to be bilateral. So my cousin Sufi Sophie even, I've forgotten my cousin's name, my cousin Sophie is more likely to have her hip prophylactically pinned because it's more likely to be bilateral, 25%. Often in a lot of these questions, demographics alone will help you. That's why I laboured the point about remembering who gets which disease. You can usually find the right answer based on the patient details. But of course, you have to know the radiological features. Let's try and get those in our brain. We're going to start with Perthes. Remember, Perthes is avascular necrosis. It's younger, 2 to 12, a third have previous trauma, and bilateral in 5 to 10%. Let's talk about what happens in Perthes 
in order. So the radiology you'll see from early to late. I've already said Perthes disease is avascular necrosis of the femoral head. So when you have avascular necrosis, you'll end up with the first thing you'll see is a small sclerotic femoral epiphysis. The earliest sign in Perthes disease, which is avascular necrosis, is what you would expect to see with avascular necrosis, which is a small sclerotic femoral epiphysis. If you listen to the radiographic features, you will see how they follow on from each other. So once the femoral epiphysis is small and sclerotic, it will obviously take up less space in the joint. So you will see a widened joint space. That's the next thing. Small sclerotic femoral epiphysis. Next step is a widened joint space. As the avascular necrosis continues, the next thing you'll see is demineralization of the bone. As the demineralization progresses, you will see the bone becoming lucent. More specifically, you'll see a subchondral radiolucent crescent. Because the bone is now lucent and you have this demineralized radiolucent crescent, it's more prone to breaking. So the next step, the next thing you'll see is a subcortical fracture. Most likely you'll spot this on a frog leg lateral. So back to the start, we've had a small sclerotic femoral head. Next thing will be then obviously an increased joint space. Next thing will be demineralization, leading on to this radiolucency, a radiolucent crescent. This lucent demineralized bone leads to subcortical fractures most easily seen on a frog leg lateral. As the disease progresses, the fractures become complete fragmentation of the femoral head. As the femoral head becomes completely fragmented, the next thing you'll see is cyst formation. And finally, coxa plana, coxa magna. I'm gonna go through it one more time. It should help you see how each step, each radiographic feature follows on from the previous one and that whole flow of features should help you remember each thing. Let's go through it again. Perthes disease, remember this is not my cousin Sophie, so it's younger, some of them have previous trauma, bilateral in only 5 to 10 percent, age 2 to 12 they're younger. Radiographic features, it starts off with a small sclerotic femoral epiphysis, leading on to a widened joint space. Next thing you get as AVN progresses is demineralization. The demineralization later on will form this radiolucent crescent. Demineralized lucent bone leads to subcortical fracture. Fractures progress to fragmentation of the femoral head. Later on you get cysts and finally coxa plana, coxa magna. That should make sense because they do follow on from each other and that's how I remembered them. Now let's talk Sufi. My cousin Sophie already said older, so 10 to 14 years old, often overweight and bilateral in 25%. By the way both of these are more common in men and boys. Now the radiographic features of Sufi are different and these also actually follow on from each other. 
the first thing, the earliest sign is widening and some irregularity of the physis. Whereas with Perthes, the earliest sign, earliest, one of the earliest signs was widening of the joint space. In Sufi, it's widening of the physis, not of the joint space. So we start with the slightly widened and irregular physis. The next step is demineralization, but you don't get sclerosis until much later. So the physis becomes widened and irregular. You then get demineralization, but not sclerosis. The next two things are signs that you will see. The metaphyseal extrusion sign and an abnormal line of Klein. I'll tell you what both those things are. So the metaphyseal extrusion sign, normally the medial side of the femoral metaphysis and the acetabulum should overlap. When you lose that overlap, that's called the metaphyseal extrusion sign. The metaphyseal extrusion sign is subtle and it's an early finding in Sufi. So that's a loss of overlap between the medial femoral metaphysis and the acetabulum, the metaphyseal extrusion sign. You can also get an abnormal line of Klein. Klein is spelt K-L-E-I-N. What is the line of Klein? I'll tell you what it is. The line of Klein, you draw a line along the lateral aspect of the proximal femoral metaphysis. That line along the lateral femoral metaphysis proximally should intersect the proximal femoral epiphysis. So a normal line of Klein laterally, draw a line laterally, laterally along the proximal femoral metaphysis. It should intersect the epiphysis. In Sufi, it will not. So it's an abnormal line of Klein. The metaphyseal extrusion sign and the abnormal line of Klein, these refer to the medial and the lateral metaphyseal area. Finally, the late findings of Sufi are an obvious slip of the epiphysis, which you'll see easily with the frog leg lateral. This can cause narrowing of the physis. So early on, you get irregular widened physis. At the end, when you've got an obvious complete slip of the epiphysis, then you get a narrowed physis. The other late sign I mentioned already is sclerosis of the metaphysis. That occurs late, called the metaphyseal blanch sign. So let's go through Sufi one more time. Older, 10 to 14, often overweight, bilateral and 25%. You start off with a widened and irregular physis, not joint space, the physis. It moves on to demineralization, but no sclerosis. You then get the metaphyseal extrusion sign and the abnormal line of Klein. Finally, you get a frank slip of the epiphysis. And another late feature is metaphyseal sclerosis. That's the metaphyseal blanch sign. If you listen to this a couple of times, it will settle into your mind. It's not that difficult to remember. The way they test your knowledge of radiographic findings in an exam will be which of the following is not consistent with Perthes or with Sufi. They'll give you a list of stuff of the five options 
four will relate to one and one will not. This is why it's really important that you know both the features and which order they occur. A few additional points. Remember that in Perthes disease, you get an increased joint space early on, a widened joint space. In Sufi, you get a widened physis early on. It, later on, when you get an obvious slip, the physis will narrow. The joint space itself is not widened in Sufi. On the contrary, actually later on in Sufi, a late finding is that you get loss of joint space. And finally, remember the signs, the two, three signs that I've mentioned in Sufi. The metaphyseal extrusion sign, which is a subtle early finding, when you lose the overlap between the medial femoral metaphysis and the acetabulum and the abnormal line of Klein. The line of Klein, remember, along the lateral aspect of the proximal femoral metaphysis, it should intersect the proximal femoral epiphysis. In Sufi, it won't intersect. You absolutely have to go away and look at some images of this. Listening to it as far as line of Klein and metaphyseal extrusion sign is not particularly helpful. You need to, once you've seen the images, then it will help. So when you have a spare two minutes at work, just Google image the line of Klein and Google image the metaphyseal extrusion sign. Once you've seen it, then it's fine. it that was the limping child as i always say i hope you enjoyed it i hope you learned something do make sure you go away and google image the signs i can assure you we are working hard on complete audio notes for the frcr syllabus they will be available very shortly in the meantime we will keep bringing you short podcasts covering small things here and there if you enjoyed this tweet it Put it on Facebook, let your friends know. Finally, do drop us an email if there's anything particular you'd like us to cover on songsforfrcr at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Good luck.